changing how we think about culture is massive and some organizations are ahead of that and just really breaking down what are the moments you know if and i like to ask when i'm interviewing a client about running a campaign the first thing i like to say to get a sense of the culture is tell me the last time you guys your team had a win and how did you celebrate that win that to me tells me a lot about the culture and then on the flip side is like tell me a time when a project went off the rails what happened yeah how did you deal with that adversity yeah. those understanding the stories of what happened who got involved how it all worked together gives us a glimpse of what the culture is which is really just a reflection of the work and how people work which really is the culture so i think the more opportunity that we can give candidates to what the experience is actually going to be like is kind of uncovering what that culture is in the organization and i think it's always changing what will you do to unlock innovation? In today's fast-paced world, innovation might not be enough. Tomorrow's pioneers of change will need to be agile, able to adapt, and committed like never before. Your host, Santa Vending, invites you to listen in and join business leaders from around the world as they share their visions for success in our future business challenges. Welcome to Mind Innovation. I'm your host, Senna Linding. I'm always excited to learn. And in today's podcast, we're going to talk about how humanizing the hiring process actually will lead to better hires. Um, I want to welcome Mike Thompson. He's a partner at Spark Recruiting. Mike has been in the recruiting agency for about 13 years, and his mission is to change the way employees and employers hire top talent. Welcome, Mike. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I've been and looking forward to this for a long time. So I've had three espressos and I'm ready to go. Awesome. I don't have my water, but I got my expressing as earlier. So um, what about, you know, humanizing the whole hiring experience? Tell, tell me more about it. What is it? Yeah, it's, it's the best way I can sum this up is most people don't leave jobs. They run from bad bosses. So the inverse of that is also true, where people don't necessarily join companies as much as they join leaders and bosses. So if that's a truth that I believe to be or a belief, then why is the hiring manager not reflecting the most important part of the hiring experience, which is the people you're going to work for? There is no mention in a job description of the hiring manager, maybe by title, but yeah. nothing about them as individuals, which really is the most important and valuable aspect of that job you're selling. Yeah. In any other way we market a product or service, we would not leave out the most valuable part of the sell. And in recruiting, for some reason, we just fail to mention that. And I have a real problem with job descriptions, but I'll just I'll just start there with that as as my my jump off point as my biggest yeah. issue with them. Yeah. Let's let's talk about the job descriptions. I had a guest on earlier and she said, you know, if you looked on LinkedIn, right, and you looked at all these job descriptions, it looks like a dating site just saying me, 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 me. It's not thinking about that person you want to hire and saying, this is what we're offering. This is why we're great. And, and actually, you know, saying it. So if it was a dating site, nobody will actually date that <laughs> that job that was showing there. So, so what, what's your... Bring it out. What's your opinion? Yeah. So the, the, it's important to know that I believe the purpose of a job description and is to market the job. It's the only piece of marketing collateral that exists to market this position. 
So to your point, what other marketing collateral just tells the the customer what they what they're looking for, not what the customer is going to get out of the experience, but yeah. what they need yeah. to participate. It's so one sided, and I find you know the job description does a great job. I'm going to give it a compliment here, but but stay with me because I'm going to bash it for sure. It does a great job of highlighting what what is the job. What are you going to be doing? What do you need to have from an experience standpoint to qualify? The two most important elements that are missing from a job description are how you work and who you're working with. And you know how most people make their decision on whether they're going to accept a job offer or an interview request or even apply for it is how they're going to work and who they're going to be working for. And they are nowhere to be found in the job description. So issue like throwing it down if 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 my big bet on the future is right i am going to eliminate job descriptions and they will be no more yeah no 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 so is there any companies out there where you can say hey they're just touching and going in the right direction have you seen anything out there i've seen i've seen a couple and i've seen there are some people that are actually looking at changing how they're written and kind of leveraging the power of storytelling to capture the essence of what that job is. There's some some great, you know, advocates out there that are, you know, kind of working on bringing forth employer branding, you know, and kind of employer value propositions to the forefront and really basing your job description off of that instead of you know, starting with when the company was founded. I don't know. I've been doing this a long time and I've interviewed a lot of candidates and I can tell you right now, no one has made their decision of accepting a job because the company was founded 10 years ago. Nobody cares. Don't put it in there. It doesn't matter. No, 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 no. What what has the whole hiring process, you know, with the pandemic, you know, how, what, what has, what has changed, you know, because that's been like some kind of disruption, right? Who wants to meet face to face? It's open up, you know, you can maybe work more remotely, not all companies, of course, right? But it has done a, a disruption to, to the skill set. And when somebody's looking to hire somebody in. So what, what have, what have you seen of, of what kind, you know, what, what happens? The market has changed and like hiring, like it was in 2019, will never be the same. And, you know, what got us here was the world shut down and we were forced to work from home. And what that showed is employees are actually productive working from home and companies can still thrive working from home and having this access to talent. The problem with this is employers still being in their leverage position saw like, oh, this is great. That means we can access talent from anywhere in the world to workforce because we can employ a remote workforce. Mm -hmm. What they missed is the other side of the equation where now candidates are saying, great, I can work for any employer anywhere in the world from my home. So what it has done is it's given so much more power to the candidates in the hiring process. Employers had it all before they posted a job. People would line up to want to work for them and the employers got to pick someone and they were lucky to be picked. Now, because there's so many more jobs, because you can work anywhere, candidates now have choice. And what that's done is it's given the power back to the candidates in a good way. But this transition phase we're in is employers don't know how to deal with this vulnerable position they're in, in terms of Well, we posted and nobody's applying. It's like, well, yeah, you have to try harder now. Like, why should they apply? 
What's in it for them? Why should they want to work for you? So this is the evolution of recruiting and hiring that is mirroring a marketing process, which a lot of people have been treating it this way, but now it's just going at scale and becoming the new norm. Yeah. Yeah. How about the the culture? I know because when you then, you know, how do you see the culture now with remote positions, right? Or you have hybrid or you're actually in the office. Um, it's I've seen this. It's challenging, right? How do you actually get that experience that you had? You're doing something together. Um, if somebody is jumping on a virtual call, right? You don't chit chat too much. And if anybody is chat chatting, it can only be two people. It's not like when you walk into a meeting room and there can be a lot of more of this chit chat going. And then again, when you end the meeting, if it's a virtual one, everybody they're out of that meeting. Um, where in an when you are in the office, there'll be some some chit chatting. So you're missing a little bit. Um, so what's how what what is what's what's going on and what's the new trend on how to build this relationship? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think the the answer is we don't know yet, right? Like I think it, it starts with a reframing of what culture is and what it's not, and what it's not are beer kegs and ping pong tables, like we thought it was, right? Like it's changed now, where you know you can't advertise your culture as a work hard, play hard, because we have free beer and people want to stick around and hang out here all the time. Like it's a dorm room because people have changed their relationship with work. Now it's not work life balance. It's life work balance. People have lives that now that they value what they do outside of the office and they want to fit work into their life. So changing how we think about culture is massive. And some organizations are ahead of that and just really breaking down what are the moments, you know, if and I like to ask when I'm interviewing a client about running a campaign, the first thing I like to say to get a sense of the culture is tell me the last time you guys, your team had a win. And how did you celebrate that win? That to me tells me a lot about the culture. And then on the flip side is like, tell me a time when a project went off the rails. Mm -hmm. What happened? Yeah. How did you deal with that adversity? Yeah. Those understanding the stories of what happened, who got involved, how it all worked together gives us a glimpse of what the culture is, which is really just a reflection of the work and how people work, which really is the culture. So I think the more opportunity that we can give candidates to what the experience is actually going to be like is kind of uncovering what that culture is in the organization. And I think it's always changing. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I heard some of the, you know, the offices that want to have people to come into the office as a hybrid. They're like, oh, you know, we you, the first 10 will get like a car wash <laughs> on site or somebody will get the shaded parking spot uh, or there will be free lunch, right? Um, I'm not sure if it will work. But again, you know, I, I really applaud that they are actually thinking outside the box and saying, you know, how can we actually get people to, to be here? Um, again, but when, but then the flip side is, I also heard about companies where everybody is in the office, but they're just sitting in their office on Zoom in a meeting. Yeah, instead of going to that conference room, that just doesn't make sense, right? If you just sit in your own little office, because you know you could be at home as well. So. Yeah, and 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 you know, I'd love to get your insights on this because I mean, I think it's there is this push to get people back to the office. We feel the pressure. Yeah. And I, I I understand some aspects of it. I don't in others, right? I think, you know, there's moments that matter in, you know, our work lives where 
you want to allow the opportunity for relationships to strengthen. And in-person physical moments are really great opportunities for that to happen. But to your point, if you just want to get people in the office and expect that to happen, the nature of work right now is all virtual on Zoom. So I do hear a lot of people, it's like, like I commuted an hour and a half into the office and I literally sat in a cubicle in front of a screen for eight hours and then did another hour and a half commute home. That is a missed opportunity where I've heard of some others, employers, where they the teams come in and they block it. There are no meetings allowed during this time. And it is creative brainstorming and relationship building time. There's a purpose to come down. There are There's some structure, but it's not your day-to-day things that you could do at home. So I think it's really the balance. Have you heard of any organizations or people you know that has is experimenting with some different things on how to create those moments in person um, no but I, I can what I did um, but that's still like that was last year and and the team was you know all over us but still and it was sales and it was marketing was actually to have 30 minutes or maybe it was only 20 minutes that was scheduled every week where we were teaching each other saying you know using this software I learned this or I have a question about learning this this software or somebody new started right we could teach them so it was more like a knowledge sharing meeting so that was the purpose and sometimes we're like oh no but there's nothing happening just saying hi and laughing and then you know moving again we had one on the team she like started to sing a song (laughs) sometimes and so we bonded uh, with marketing and sales, um, and also some of the engineers actually added was on the team of, on that meeting. Um, and by having it a schedule, we 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 learned to know each other a little bit more. And I think that mm. broke down some of these barriers that sometimes you're saying, "Oh, it's a meeting, right? We have this agenda." But but because it was 20 minutes, everybody can have that 20 minutes. Uh, it was more a free flow. And yes, we were serious sometimes as we should be and other times we're just more bonding and saying oh this is what actually is happening or i need you know this is what what's going on um but you need to make these connections um i think so too i think it's breaking the ritual like sometimes if you look at most of your employees days there's a lot of structure in there your calendar is going to dictate your day and the calendar is filled with zoom calls yeah so you know you're here you're doing this you're talking about this the next call you're here you're doing this you're talking about this there's no room for the creative process to take shape. So I love what you just said in terms of blocking some time where it's like, hey, let's 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 think outside the box and let's yeah. think about something differently just to to break up the the ritual of just like meeting, 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 agenda, agenda. Like it's it is nice to have that. And I think you you do have some, you know, opportunities to build relationships through those moments. Yeah. Um, I also want to talk about, you know, the different software you can use, right? When you're actually <laughs> saying submit your resume here, right? <laughs> and then and then when you hit and it's like, and now you have to fill it all out. You're like, what's going on here? No. So why are we stuck in like in a, I don't know if it's the 80s, the 90s uh, in some of these software? I, I think it's still the, you should be lucky to get this job. So we're going to make you jump through hoops. And, you know, this is unpopular decision for a lot of my peers in the recruitment space that are on the client side. But anytime I'm coaching a candidate on how to get that job, the first thing I tell them not to do, stop applying to jobs. Do not apply to any jobs. There's a way better way to, you know, have a meaningful conversation and apply for the job when they need that information to fill your offer letter. 
Yeah. That's when you fill out the application because that information is not critical at that time. They're asking you to jump through all the hoops. You don't even know if you're interested yet. Yeah. You don't know. Like, why would you invest 30 minutes when you don't, you haven't talked to anybody yet? Like, I don't know if I'm interested. Like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just like, if we go back to the dating analogy, it, yeah. you know, you're setting up date four and five before you meet for the first one. You're like, hold on. Like, can we just, can we have a conversation first before we decide where we're having dinner in day two or three? Like, so it's, it's, you gotta like, and, and again, it's unpopular, but I always say like, don't apply, stop applying to jobs. It doesn't yeah. work. No, no, no. Okay. But the one who will do it, there was, you know, it's still there. Right. What about the cover letter? Do you really need a cover letter? No, you don't. You don't. You don't. Like, I, I, I can tell you, I can tell you right now from, you know, and, and being an internal recruiter, I have a lot of friends that are in there and, you know, they're overwhelmed right now. There's a lot, yeah. a lot of hiring activity going on and the amount of jobs that they're trying to fill. It's crazy. I was talking to someone the other day that works at a, at a pretty big bank and in normal times, one of the recruiters has 30 active jobs that they're recruiting for yeah. 30 active jobs at any given time right now it could be up to a hundred active jobs at one given time so let me turn around and ask you if you're a recruiter and you have to you have to fill a hundred jobs at one time are you reading cover letters no you're not you don't have time yeah you know it, it, at the very best someone's skimming your resume and giving it a solid 90 seconds to two minutes and that's being generous yeah so you know we think that the resume is really going to win us the job and that's why i'm saying there's a better way to market yourself for these opportunities that's why personal referrals always work yeah personal referrals apply to jobs never after the fact because they talk to someone and they tell them about the job i think you'd be great for this because of these reasons okay cool let's let's move things forward And then they apply to the job. So that's why that, that method's so effective. Yeah. So uh, other advice, right? So this is, a, I think, the first great advice, right? Stop applying and actually mm -hmm. your network and, and, and go that way. What, what other advice can you, can you actually provide? Yeah. So for, for candidates, and I love this, and I actually we actually have, it just went live on our website, where you can go and access a step-by-step -step process with video on how to land your dream job step-by-step step, and it doesn't include applying for anything. So I'll walk you through this briefly, but essentially LinkedIn is a great tool to search jobs that are available. If I'm looking for a VP of sales job, I can search that and see all the employers that are hiring for this job. Great information. I've started my research. I come across Amazon, just using that as an example, hiring a VP of sales. I read the job description and the job description doesn't tell me who the hiring manager is, but it gives me their title. Then what I do is I put that title and search that in LinkedIn and I find the individual that's going to be my future boss. Then what I do, I connect with them. And, and this is key. In that connection request, you need to say why you're connecting with them. And that's the important thing. That's your cover letter. That's your personalized, authentic moment as to why do you actually want this job or why do you think you want this job? Mm -hmm. That's your 300 character elevator pitch to do. Send them that request. Soon as they accept it, because they will, because there's a lot of hiring going on, and you're a rock star candidate that is taking initiative, showing that you have um, a reason and you're interested in this job, not just any job, two things that both leaders like. They accept it. 
now it's fair game. There's tons of different ways you can do. I like to shoot a video, send it to them, introducing yourself to, to kick off the conversation. If you don't feel comfortable there, you can write and start the dialogue of that meaningful conversation. But that's how you're going to get one step closer to landing the best job for you is by having more meaningful conversations with your potential future boss, because you want to know what they're like. And if you are going to get along with them before you decide if you want to apply. Yeah. So how important is it to be active on, on LinkedIn, in your opinion? I think it's very active. In general, right? Not that you have to connect with other, but, but just to have, you know, if you write a post or you make a comment, how important is it? I think it's very important. I think if you're on LinkedIn, you're an influencer. If you're on there and you've made one post, you're a social media influencer. Now, it doesn't have to be a full-time job. You don't have to think about a content calendar or creating daily content or things that way. What it does mean is start engaging with people's content. It's very easy to see people in your network, what they're posting about, what they're tagging, and jump in the conversation. Yeah. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated, but if you are on LinkedIn, it's a great tool But you have to keep an active network. Don't just use it when you need something. Yeah. And that's the mistake a lot of people make is they have LinkedIn. They don't look at it. They need a job. They go in and immediately they just start asking for things from people. That's not the way a network works. It's a give and take. You want to give back so that when you need something, you have active network And they want to help you. So if, if you plan on using LinkedIn at some point, start using it now. Yeah. Yeah. Plant the tree today, right? If you yeah, can, it, exactly. You go, you're planting it today. Yeah. Um, what about skill set? Um, what, what are you seeing? If you're seeing a lot of these resumes and, and you also, you know, with the companies, right? What, what kind of skill set are they, are they looking for right now? What's the, uh, what's the top ones? Yeah, there's, there's some job categories that are really hot. I mean, sales is always hot. You know, when we look in the technology space, anybody that's in product management, or data and analytics. These seem to be the three areas that I see tremendous growth. Also, customer success is growing in popularity for, for a lot of organizations. Now, those are categories. Yeah. And what I always tell candidates when you're looking for a job or you're reviewing a job description, everybody makes the same mistake. You go on a job description, you scroll immediately to the bottom. And in the bottom, it has 10 to 15 bullet points of required skills and experience. This is the first thing you look at And if you have a lot of them, you're excited about the job. I can do this job because I have all this experience. Now you move up to the roles and responsibilities and think about that. I flip it. Start with the roles and responsibilities. Does the nature of this job excite you? Mm -hmm. If it does, then you can base your applicancy based off of why you think you can do this job based on skills, not experience skills. And it's the perfect time for candidates to do this because you're in control and there's more demand for top talent that organizations have to take chances on individuals that haven't done the job before. So they have to stretch more people than they're used to stretching. So it's an opportunity for you to do something new, learn a new skill, leverage what you've done. Now, Don't tell me you want to be a neurosurgeon because there are some limitations to what you can do, but <laughs> there's also a way to, to take a skill set you have yeah. and build on it and do something, try something a little bit different. If you're in sales 
and you want to try a tech support role, look, sure, give it a shot. There's way there's there's ways we can craft that story that make you an attractive candidate, especially if it's within the organization that you're already at and you're just looking at moving around. So it's a great time for candidates to experiment and grow their skill set. Yeah. Um, what about the the titles? Because if I, you know, you if you look, I always like to, to look at something else and saying, you know, if you look at tattoos, right, you can see that's a trend. Now it has to be this kind of t tattoos, right? Over And then five years later, it's another type and where they are. And if you look at the job titles or who, when you define yourself, right, you had the ninjas, right, <laughs> at a certain time. Maybe that means that I'm older now that I say that I remember them. But so what's what's trending right now on, on, the, on the titles? Well, I mean, not officially, but if if I hear somebody else say that they're looking for a rock star unicorn, I think yeah. I think I may actually jump off of LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> but like, I just I find humor in that because it doesn't exist, right? Like, you're looking for something that doesn't actually exist. Um, and the flip side is like, you know, what are you offering? If if you're looking for this thing that's so unique and so rare why like what is in it for them right like are they just going to come and save the day and what is it like what's 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 the value on the other side so i see a lot of that unofficially yeah officially titles everybody seems to put digital in their title now like just because it's a it's a buzzword right so like if you were a project manager now you're a digital project manager yeah. if you're an engineer you're a digital engineer now like everybody's <laughs> overusing the term digital yeah um, because you know there's just a rise of you know the world we live in has gone more, more digital so the labor market's smart and that's how they've they've kind of injected that word into all the job titles i've seen that's that's really funny to think of so that's the new ninja <laughs> yes it is digital something Digital, whatever. <laughs> I like that. So, what's if you have to like give like three advice, you know, make it short for somebody. But um, let's let's take for the employer. What what what's the three advice you'll give them? From the the hiring manager perspective, the yeah. first piece of advice I'll give uh, an individual hiring manager, not an HR, but the person that's actually looking to hire. It is solely your responsibility, and you are accountable for attracting talent. It is not on your organization or HR to do it. It is on you. So you have to accept the fact that like, this is, this is your responsibility. Second thing, it's not that hard. The yeah. easiest marketing campaign that I've seen effectively work is tell the story of why you decided to work at this company, share that, yeah. and then invite them to come and, and connect with you or apply below. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. It has to be genuine, has to be authentic. And you have to give people a glimpse of who you are because that's what they want to know. So those are those are those are two. And then the the third one is stop referring to them as rock star unicorns. Like don't do it, don't do it, don't. That's my third one. Uh, oh, that's a, I love that one. And when, and for the job seeker, so the first one you said right is like stop. Uh, you know, stop applying, stop oh, applying yeah. and start connecting and having meaningful conversations. That's one. The yeah. second, similar to the what I said for employers, it is solely your responsibility and you are fully accountable to find your next job. Yeah. Don't think that, you know, recruiters are going to find this for you or you're going to connect with recruiters and they're going to, it is your responsibility. You need to be in the driver's seat and take ownership of this. Otherwise, all you're going to get is recruiters sending you jobs that you have done before because that's easy recruiting. Yeah. You've been a digital 
product manager, they're going to send you digital product manager <laughs> roles. That's yeah. exactly what recruiting is. Keyword search, fire over similar ones. So yeah. don't rely on recruiters. It's your responsibility. And the third is it should be fun. You're thinking about what you want to spend a lot of your time, energy, passion on next. Have some fun with it. Take your time and start having meaningful conversations because you have way more control in the process than you ever have before. So enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, I like it. That's really good advice. So um, question here is to give yourself an advice of like, you know, looking back like 10 years ago, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Oh, man, this is this is a good question. <laughs> 10 years ago, 10 years ago myself, what would I say to the 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 version of myself at that point i would say start creating content earlier start giving value to your network earlier and stop treating it like something that you're building to just as value for yourself or something that you're going to take from but start fostering a network and i've just recently learned that you know over the last few years where it's a value to build a network and to give back and not always just draw from it. So that would be the advice I would give my myself 10 years ago. And um, yeah, that's uh, it. No, uh, Mike, that, that's a really good advice, right? I think it's it's always, it's a two-way street, right? And you have to look at, look at, at that way. And the passion, I, I can only agree. You need to, you need to work with something that's fun. If you have to get up in the morning and you're like, I don't want it, right? It's just, you're not the right place. So if uh, any of the, the listener wants to reach out to you, where, where can they find you and where can they connect with you? Well, I hope they do. I hope they, I hope they reach out. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn um, and you can also visit our website and grab that free download to learn how to land your dream job. It's sparkrecruiting.ca um, and it just went live. So you'll see myself and my business partner, Brian, on, on video talking you through how to not apply for jobs, but land your dream job. <laughs> Good tag. Um, awesome. And I, I'll add the, the links uh, to, to the show notes, and I will also put it on the episode page for mindinnovation.com. So easy to, to go there. So Mike, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast today. I think it's, it was great to talk about, and it's, you know, it's time for a change, right? I think it's just we're, we're ready right now. I think we are too. And, and I want to thank you for having me on the show. I had a blast. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mind Innovation Podcast. New episodes are dropping bi-weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Santa Vending. You can also find me on YouTube, search for Mind Innovation. Or go to my website, sanavending.com or mindinnovation.com. Stay curious, keep learning. <laughs>